Welcome to Barman and Bevo, episode 31. Did you ever think we'd get to 31 episodes? Uh, no, I thought you'd quit after episode two. <laughs> I actually thought the sound was going to be so bad when we did it with the head, with the headphones on your couch that you would just be like, no, we're not going to do this again. Well, we're trying a new uh, new sound configuration. I can still hear Holiday Road in the background. <laughs> just ever so faintly. Um, <clears throat> we're trying a new, we're trying just the headphones tonight since it's just the two of us. Right. Um, we will be interviewing um, Chris, John. No, John Chris. I, I almost said Chris Froome. <laughs> Chris Froome? You want to call him? <laughs> I almost said Chris Froome. Uh, we will be interviewing John Froome here shortly. John Froome. Uh, John Froome, that's what I said. I no, said John, John Froome. Froom. <laughs> One beer. One beer in 60 days and I'm already, I can't <clears throat> mess some stuff up. I forgot it was March 1st. I didn't know it was a holiday. I was like, I was at work late. I was there later than anybody else, and um, I was just trying to figure out a way to uh, get out of the office so that I could <laughs> go have a Jameson, a Johnny Walker, or a beer. And then, like, everything got kind of turned upside down wow. with today, with your schedule. Right. And we're doing the podcast Thursday night instead of Friday night. Correct. Well, I did. I was able to secure John. He will be, or he will be available. We hope. In 20 minutes-ish. Ish. Ish. Um, so we will interview him. How then. many viewers did we have last time? Two. Again. Two. <laughs> I guarantee it was uh, <laughs> Scott Patton and somebody else. But I'm not sure. It wasn't me this time. Oh, really? Yeah, because we had zero views after day one, which means I didn't view it. Oh, wow. Um, and Jess, Jess was playing. She's like, I listened to one of the podcasts, but it's like three podcasts ago because <laughs> she's been at home for a month. Right. Um, <laughs> and she's like, I love that Barman just yells in the background. <laughs> Jess, we're going to be famous. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, all right. So let's, let's dive right in here. Um, I told you earlier when we chatted that I had written the show on, uh, yesterday, Yes. There was a ton of cycling news, so I thought maybe it might be a good time to to, to, to weed through some of that, and there's a lot. Um, well, you found the Lance Artist I did. that we referenced in the last podcast. So let's let's start there, because I have that yes. as point number two. What 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 do you... I didn't get a chance to read it. I was busy doing... You didn't read it? Uh-uh. He's your boy. No, he's not. Yes, he I is. told you I'm off the bandwagon. Are you sure? I still subscribe to his <laughs> podcast. I, I didn't listen to the Mia Khalifa <laughs> interview yet. I might. It's still in my list of podcasts to listen to. Um, but, but we already talked about this in the past podcast, but this just reaffirmed what I had read on the Velo News. Um, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Velo it was News a Velo News article. News. And Lance talks about where the Vuelta isn't worthwhile and why is someone spending, why is Froome spending so much time winning the Vuelta? And that, that's, that's like saying the British Open isn't worth winning. 
<laughs> I mean, there's there's four major golf tournaments. There's three major cycling races. Every one of them is prestigious. Well, Plus, not including any of the classics. The other thing he mentions, not including any the other classics. thing he mentions is actually recommending the Giro and the Volta go to two weeks instead of three. And really, the oh, the screw tour, you, Lance. Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't those believe races are up. great for what they are. Yes, they're fantastic. They're fantastic. They're the bridge between the Tour de France. Yes, that gives me racing in May. It gives me racing in September, and it keeps me interested. And yes. I'm not your I'm a casual viewer. Yes, I think I watched half of the Tour of Spain this year, and maybe maybe ten stages the Giro. Right. It's all. And the only reason I didn't watch more is because of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going this year, so you don't have any. Screw you. <laughs> Screw you. Nice three peat. But I got my yes, penguin shirt on for the game. But night. he did say that about he was just. You know, Lance Crackers just has the ability. <laughs> he just he just wants everything to be the same as when he was winning. And and it's not. It's just once Team Sky folds and Sky is getting sold, um, it's either going to... Sky News. Sky, the whole Sky, Sky the pay for yeah. viewership mm-hmm. is being sold. Murdoch selling them? Or did he already Murdoch sell? selling them. So... Someone lowballed them, and the UK government told them, "No, you're not selling for that amount." And actually, this might be the best thing that NBC Universal ever does: is they're actually increased the price. The second they buy Sky, I guarantee you, they're not going to get the same budget as they used to. For whatever reason, we weren't. We're not still recording. not recording on YouTube. That's okay. Is your button not working? Whatever the button's not working. Period. There we go. All right. We're a little late to the game here. Is that what happened? Yeah, something. Well, I don't know. The, who knows at this point? Um, uh, so Murdoch's going to sell. They, it's selling. The first offer was so low. Um, and I, for, I forget who wanted it now. I read it in the business section, Disney? actually. <laughs> but no, it... Um, <clears throat> I don't remember who it is now. Um, but NBC is actually trying to purchase it now, and they've offered almost twice as much per share oh, wow. for it at, than the than the original than the original bidder. So for the YouTube viewers, we're about five minutes in the podcast. We didn't have any uh for whatever reason my camera didn't record, but that's okay. Um The other thing that popped up on my news feed was Astana. Yes. There's they have no money. They didn't get their funding yet from Kazakhstan, well, supposedly the Kazakhstan the team government. The team hasn't been paid since the beginning of the year. Correct. They're well, all, the team, the mechanics, the administrators. Well, they're, an oil, and, and, they're, an oil, they're an oil country. Yeah. I have no doubt that Andrei Vinokurov has a Swiss bank account with more than enough to run that team for, for over a year. I did read it. And an, I think the reason Astana is racing so well, they did win the Saturday race. They actually won Umlop. Uh, Van News, whatever. Sorry. It is. <laughs> yes, they did win that in a ballsy in a ballsy attack in the final couple of k, and huh? and I think he really has that team racing. Um, so I, I wonder if this isn't a ploy. Well, the the article I read said he had um, he was writing checks out of his personal account, mm-hmm. which <laughs> goes with your theory <laughs> that there's yes. plenty of money in there. 
But uh, do most, you s- most of these teams that have been around for two or three years have enough? Two or three years that team's been around for. If you've been 10? around for two or three years, usually you have enough for six months. If you've been around more than four or five, now like Quick Step with Lafreve, I been around that long. I guarantee you, he has twenty to twenty-five million dollars stashed away somewhere. That if he wants to do a team for another year, he could do that, or he could just take the money and and decide to f- get out of the sport. Then he's just got to find sponsors. Well, what does he care? Well, to, to replenish he the bank retire. account. To replenish the bank account. Well, no, it's his bank account. It's not right. the team's. It's I know. A, yes. Um, do they make it through the season? Astana? Yeah. They'll make it through this year. And then this is it. Uh, I don't know. You know, the Oils, I don't know. I don't know. Isn't that the... I don't know Kazat. I, I know they were in short track speed skating. I know they put a huge emphasis on sports, winter sports especially. Um, they have they have athletes. I don't know what's going on with their oil production. I don't follow that that closely. But I'd have to if there is a production, if there is an issue with their production of oil and the revenue that comes from that, or politically, if someone lost their political position, then yes, the team could be in trouble. A team like that, he raced for them, didn't he? No, he's from there. He raced. I'm on pretty telecom. sure his last season he was with them. Uh, no, because it was Bruniel. Um Astana started. Astana started Didn't sponsoring get... a team. No, Vinokurov, am I mixing up two teams? Vinokurov would have never been able to race with Johan Bruniel, and Johan Bruniel started Astana out of the because Lance actually Correct. raced for out of Astana. the U.S. Postal Discovery team. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I remember. Lance's comeback. Yes. The first year. Radio Shack. Radio Shack. The second year, Radio Shack. The third year, Astana? And then he got busted in January. He was going to go, he was going to go retire again down at the tour down under. Mm -hmm. And he was on Astana. Contador was on Astana that year. Well, Contador was on the, one of the Radio Shack teams too. Yes. Yes. Okay. The year after he leaves. Yes. Bruniel leaves. No, Bruniel, Lance, everybody yeah. leaves. I'm That's pretty sure Vinokurov was on that team. I don't think so. The usual? I'm uh, Wait, I'm going to amend this bet. I'm pretty sure Vinokurov raced for Astana at some point in the later, last couple years of his career. I'm almost positive. I, 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 I would feel that way also, but I know that he could not work with Bruniel. It was after Bruniel left, though. Yes. Because he's been retired maybe five seasons. Well, I'm talking about the Astana. When Astana started, Vinokurov was like not 05, part, 06, was 07, not part right of there. that organization. No, but the, he's... He may have raced possibly at one time. He did. I actually think he was on suspension, and that's why he couldn't be involved. I know he got suspended with Astana and still came back after the ban. That's what I... Whether it's the Astana you're thinking of or right. the... The okay. current configuration. So we're not going to bet. Okay. I'm pretty sure you did. I remember the red specialized logo on right. the back of the calf, or on right. the back of the thigh, the hamstring area, and him him riding up a hill and maybe winning a stage of the tour. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, we talked uh, earlier about Chris Froome on the phone before the show. You said you came across an article – talking about people that have been caught with this drug and asthma medicine. Tell, well, talk, talk to me okay, about that. So the, so, <clears throat> so it's cycling news, 
Cycling News did did the report, and so um, UK anti doping, which is the UK version of USADA for us, US mm-hmm. US doping, and then UK doping. So there's been 109 anal- uh, AAFs analytical. Uh, adverse analytical finding, one hundred nine of them. Okay. Um, and we'll get to we'll get to my favorite part a little bit later, but uh, that click is really loud on the microphone. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So one hundred nine analytical findings. Seventy seven of them were positive. So in the 70 percent. Sure. Or yeah, seventy two seventy two percent or so. Um, and this is for asthma medicine. Led to a well, no, th- this is for the AAFs. Okay. Um, so out of those, out of those, se- out of those seventy percent, three of them are for the same drug that Froome. Does that was is one of those three his test? No. Okay. Nope. It's got it's got it, it has a judo, a soccer player, um, and a boxing person are the are the UK examples that that have done this. Okay. Um, all three of them got bans. Okay, for two years. No, not they don't say how long. Okay, they all they're got, just, well, they all really got what they're doing is they're disproving they're disproving the fact that Chris Froome thinks he's going to get off scot free like he didn't do anything wrong. That's not going to happen, and that's what I've been talking about the since since we've been talking about this on the podcast. He thinks he's going to he thinks he's going to get this. So out of those, this is this is this is my favorite. This is my favorite. I do have a question <clears throat> when when you finish. No, you can go ahead. Question. Okay, me. so you say he thinks he's going to get off scot free. Yes. Does that include him basically getting suspended with time served? That's what he's thinking. Okay. He's so thinking he's going to. That's not getting that, off scot free. He's thinking but that he's going to. I prove, understand. He thinks he's going to prove that he only did the right number of <laughs> of, of puffs. And that hit, and maybe naturally does it. If that was true, they would have already proven that. So they're already <laughs> to the next step. Can you imagine? <laughs> imagine it's like the OJ case. Yes, Chris Froome is sitting there with Johnny Cochran <laughs> holding uh, hands. You, you remember how they were holding hands with it? If, if it doesn't puff, you must get. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> if it ain't hit, <laughs> you must have quit. But remember how Johnny Cochran and OJ were like twenty puffs. Were, it's never enough. And then um, wasn't the <laughs> so Kardashians' dad? In, yeah, in, Robert in, Kardashian in, was. Weren't the, they all holding hands? Yes. And uh, F. Lee Bailey. Yes. And <laughs> can you imagine that? And, and then, then the, like and then Lance then, is sitting in the front row, <laughs> <laughs> cheering him on, saying you only need to ride the tour. <laughs> oh God, that's so okay. So go back to this, what you were saying. So then Brailsford goes. And says, and speaking to the media, <clears throat> um, anti-doping rules concern how much how much sal- salbutamol is assumed rather than what it is passed in the urine. He stressed that Froome has not overused his inhaler. No one's saying that he overused his inhaler. He did something the night before. Someone mixed up what asthma drugs twist, he could take, the there was, or the blood went back. The blood went back in. And then, and so cycling news comes back, and UKAD statistics obtained shows this doesn't happen very often. And and Brailsford, um, <clears throat> Brailsford says it's been proven time and time again it can happen. He's so full of. Crap. They're twisting it up. Yes, they're just twisting it up. Yes, 
You're you're what happened was he got a bag of blood yes. that had too much salbutamol in it and yes. then put that back in his body the night yes. before or the two days before. Yes. Knowing he just got a test. Yes. Well, he knew if he won the stage, he was going to get tested, but he thought he had the other. Mm-hmm. I it, was a, he, it was a mix up. They yes. make, they put I the wrong bag his in. Blood, he thought his blood had the other asthma medication and someone screwed it up. Now, Sky has a zero tolerance. So are you telling me Team Sky is going to fire Chris Froome when he te- when he gets banned? I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't think so either. He's their golden goose. So how are how are they going to explain that? I don't know. Team Sky will not exist by the, no, I, by I, the end of this. I think this is their last year. It's going <clears> to <throat> be blown up. Yes. I I well I don't know if there's any clean riders on the team. You got to think if one's dirty, they're all dirty. Usually. Um, there are instances, like I'm sure you, like Michael Landa left for a reason. I'm sure he's, well, he didn't like being, he didn't, second, like, being, he didn't like being the second fiddle, yeah. but I know him going to movie star. <laughs> one of two things happened. He brought the doping program with him right. or, or he got clean. Yes. That's, that's, I mean, and it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see the dynamic with that team because don't they have uh, Herrera now? Or no? Well, they have Who's Al- the Alejandro. Well, they have Valverde. Quintana. Quintana. And Valverde doesn't like to lose to anyone. Like He just he just won the stage or, or won the race. The stage and the overall, like yeah. a boss. On the last day. Yes. Um, didn't they sign the Colombian guy that from uh, the green team? The guy finished the tour second or third last year. The... No, they hired Landa. I thought they got him too. Uh, the no. guy that was on the American team, neon, From, neon green. No, neon yellow. No, no, no. Oh, no okay, no, I thought no, maybe no. they signed him um, too. That's um, that's Rigoberto Iran. Iran. I said Herrera. I was thinking back <laughs> yes. to the Trek days, the, the, the U.S. Postal days. <clears throat> yes, Iran. Yes, he's still with. He stayed with them. He he actually helped them. He helped them renew renew the contract and get find a sponsor that would pay the That's bills great. and do that kind of stuff. Um, Froome suspended sooner or later? Before the Giro. Suspended for the Giro or no? Yes. Even though they paid him all that money, he'll have to. Well, if he doesn't start, he does. If he doesn't he take the line, he has. Well, he doesn't get the money. While we're on the the Giro, yes. I saw a story about the Pope being at the start. You, you read my mind. <laughs> How cool is that? I know what you mean. He's the best pope. <clears throat> is he? Well, he's the best pope since JP2. He's a... he's Popes scare me for a lot of reasons. Well, that's because you watch Nightfall. No. <laughs> well, no. So my thing is he's... As, any, as, as anyone who's at, who has a father who was born Catholic mm-hmm. and a mother who was born Protestant. Oh, Jesus. Presbyterian. Okay. And then the combination of those... Catholicism always scared me. You know, they would leave me kneeling. Like when I when I'd be a guy, they would leave me kneeling and would be laugh my cousins would laugh at me as I was kneeling as I was kneeling on the little they have like little things that you kneel on. Kneelers. Yeah, they like fold out. Yeah, kneelers. Yeah, they would leave me there, not because I don't know math. That's just mean. I don't know math, so I don't know where you're supposed to get back up. So my cousins would leave me there and would giggle oh, about that, me. And terrible. then I'd realize that I wasn't supposed to. Um not to get philosophical on religion. Is it, when was the last time the Pope was in Jerusalem? I can't. How thick was the glass on that Pope mobile? 
thick. <laughs> six in- six inches. <laughs> to, to me, though, like the last guy, they're trying at. The Jiro is trying to do. They are trying to be respectful. It's awesome. Of the, yes, it's awesome. I really feel that they're trying to do the right thing. I love the fact that it's starting in Jerusalem. I think that's really cool because yes. I think it's a a great international city with three huge cultures. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, Catholic, uh, Judaism, and Islamic. I think that's yes. amazing. I think it could make for an interesting start to a a bicycle race. Yes. Um, it's odd. But I like I like odd I like different. Hey, whatever whatever it takes. But mm-hmm. I think, hey man, having the Pope there that's awesome. Because I I like him. I think he's a great Pope. Not that I'm like I go to I don't go to church I at think all. We, I think we have to wait a couple years after a Pope passes before you can call him a great Pope. Well, I like the fact that he's called out the priests on corruption. Like the, he's called out the priests on on taking money and, and spending too much money. I like all that. I think he's just good for business. He is good for business. Well, I mean, he's, it, it, he's <laughs> like Buddy Christ <laughs> in dogma. <laughs> he's just good for business. He yeah. knows that that's the way. Goal penguins. Woohoo. <laughs> We're not here. You don't get the uh, the goal horn tonight. Okay, I'll, I'll do I'll do it. For that's you. cool. Looks like it was Olimata. Um, Kwiatkowski. You see the story about him training in the snow? Yeah, I saw the I saw the post that he did. What, okay, so what's what's the thinking behind that? Other than getting miles in? So I used to do I used to do this growing up when it was raining out in sure. in Florida, like in February or get January. used to like slick conditions. Hmm. I'd ride to every bike shop that I I would ride to every bike shop in the greater Tampa Bay area and stop in and say hi to everyone. Both of them. <laughs> I'd, even I'm just go, kidding. <laughs> I'd even go over i'd over i'd go over to temple terrace i would ride i'd hit like five or six bike shops and i'd show everybody that i was riding in the rain for seven or eight hours seven or eight hours well it's florida okay it's a little it's a little bit different i didn't yeah. I, I mean i'm i work part-time i'm sure just, and so what they did is they were like Dude, you should see Barman. He was he was out in the rain. So that gave me an advantage during a race. Them so, knowing that. So here's what I want you to do. What? I want you to ride to every bike shop <laughs> in the Johns Creek coming <laughs> yes. northern Alpharetta. You and I want you to tell them about our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't look as good as I used to in a kit. It doesn't so matter. Harder, it doesn't hard. matter. <laughs> we'll get you a Barman and Bevo kit. Yes. Oh, that's coming next. I know. <laughs> it's on the list of things to talk about. <laughs> um, How are we doing with John? We got uh, a minute. So let's let's go ahead and um, let's give John a call and um, we'll get him potted up here and uh, we'll go through talking to John real quick. All right, John, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey, John, welcome to the Barman and Bevo podcast. Mike and I are here. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for rescheduling. Oh, yeah. No worries at all. What beverage are you drinking there? I am drinking some coffee. The Colorado coffee community is pretty rad, so uh, I, I don't even know what coffee it is. But uh, if, you say, DK, if you say decaf, I'm going to reach to that screen and bitch slap you. It is, it is, it is not decaf. <laughs> I can promise you that. I can't imagine yeah. seeing a cyclist that drinks decaf coffee. If you find one, let me know. Unless it's a Nunziata. <laughs> <laughs> uh John, thanks for joining us. Um, Mike and I uh, ran through some questions before we started uh, recording. And, um, you know, tell us about your big win here back in September. 
Uh, yeah. So I think I, I'm assuming you're talking about the one, you know, national championships in August and yes. Uh, yeah. So that I, uh, I, and back in, I guess, February, I've been training for the team pursuit when I got invited in actually in January, I got invited to a national team camp and they ran some tests on me. And, uh, one of the national team coaches sent me an email and, uh, he said that he wanted me to win the kilo uh but he didn't just want me to win the kilo he wanted me to win the kilo in a minute and under a minute and five seconds and uh are you sure he said a minute and five i could have sworn it was a minute and four uh, yeah he, so he, yeah so he said, <laughs> sub, he said sub 105 is what, okay, what i got okay. in email so i just assumed at that point i just need to do a 104.99 in a minute <laughs> <clears throat> that's good enough oh, but yeah so i got that email and essentially i packed all my stuff and moved to colorado springs in may and then specifically trained just for the kilo at nationals from from where <laughs> where did Say you again? move from where did you move from oh i moved from rock hill south carolina okay yeah so that's about like you know thousand fifteen hundred miles i would say right yeah, Farming, quite a ways. you've driven more than i have <laughs> i've done it before but you know the main the amazing thing about colorado springs is is people are amazed when i say the only place west of the mississippi i would ever live would be colorado springs and they're like what's wrong with you and i'm like well california's like france it's beautiful but the, but the, with phoenix the people, phoenix come on i can't even walk to the pool in april without with my feet April. burn my feet burn yeah. so, so, honestly so <laughs> honestly colorado springs is like like the moment i tell people i moved to colorado springs they're like how often are you on zwift <laughs> we'll just, we'll just answer that answer that question and knock that question out of the way first off i have yet to use zwift i you know i'm slowly moving that way but um it doesn't it's snowed here maybe three times and then like two days later it's 60 degrees one so, one one more time than Atlanta this year. <laughs> yeah, so it's not it's it doesn't snow often. There's no humidity where there is in Atlanta. Yeah, in South yeah. Carolina, it's it's literally sixty to ninety degrees majority of the year. You know, so, I really uh, unfortunately for the Boulder crowd, you know, they really thought they'd be able to use the track almost year round, and and yes, it is it is nice, and the roads do dry out, but unfortunately. By the time you get the snow off the track and then you get it dry enough, then it snows again. So, well, yeah, the odd, <clears throat> the odd thing about Boulder is that, you know, we're guarded by Cheyenne Canyon yes. and the mountains. Yes. So it could be, I mean, dumping snow in Boulder <laughs> and like 45 degrees and yes. it's sunny and I can ride in shorts here. So it's it's pretty amazing. It's kind of weird, but mm. it's, uh, and then we have the dome. So you're all, you know, you're racing is year round and. Trainings year round, etc. It is so cold in there, though. <laughs> it can be, yeah. So it can be. And honestly, so, if, it, if it's like eighteen degrees outside, it's actually really warm in there. But then if it's sixty degrees outside, yes. it's really cold in there. Just because, I guess, just from like you know, you you walk inside from the cold chill, and you're like, oh god, thank god I'm in the stone. So, so John, why don't you um. Uh, the kilo was a little bit different than you, this year than previous years um, because you had to do two rides to actually win your national championship. Was that the, was that the first time that that's occurred? 
I don't. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's the first time it's occurred since I've been riding. I haven't been riding that long, but that's the first time I've ever. <laughs> that, well, I've never known anyone. I think originally the UCI actually wanted to do a 750 qualifier and then a kilo final. And the kilo no, riders yeah, were like, were like, well, why am I doing a 750? That's a totally different human being that can win a 750, like a Forsterman kind of rider over someone who's a natural kilo guy. So I'd, I'd love to hear your, your, your thought process on doing two kilos in a day, possibly losing, even though you're in the final and you're in the final heat. And then, and what's it like doing two national championship kilo times morning and afternoon session? Um, I think, honestly, I think it's like, well, first off, I've, I've heard rumors that Back in the day, there used to be two kilos. There used to be two kilos back in the day when, when the real hard men rode. There was two kilos. So, I, you know, it was really cool to win the first national title to not only do it to win it once, but it felt like I was winning it twice is kind of how I felt, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, what was your, what was your time? What was your time differential? So Mike knows how close those oh, times I mean, were. I think, I think I rode a 104, six, Two seven, and then I wrote a one oh four six nine three. Like it was, wow, yeah. So it, yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool. literally like maybe I pump. I didn't pump my tires up for the second. <laughs> but, it was like seven hundredths of a second. Well, like yeah, that. and I think I think actually was, your second kilo well, is quite a bit better than your first. Watching it visually, visually yes, because like I almost crashed <laughs> myself um, in the first kilo by. Uh, like I just like buried myself and uh, I've been, I was reading Chris Hoy's book leading <laughs> into the kilo and uh, essentially he was like talking about how, you know, when you black out, just tell yourself to go deeper. And I, I felt like I was starting to black out with like half. No, like cross, just cross the line and wait for everybody to cheer. And the moment <laughs> I heard everybody cheer. I was coming into the finish line and I kind of had like a hiccup. And almost hit a sponge, and yeah, like I, it was, I was all over the place. So, um, but yeah, actually, the second ride actually felt easier than the first ride, and I don't know if it was just nerves or what, because when I saw Jamie Alvaroid ride, you know, everybody asked me, they were like, "Were you nervous when he went?" Like, because he went, he actually went like six, yeah, six tenths or six hundredths faster or something like that, or I don't know. He was still a couple uh, of seconds off of your time though, so it was. Yeah, you, but you had went, some. You had some room. Yeah, but he almost dropped into the 104. So he was like a 105.8, and then he went yes. to a 105.2 in the yes. second round. And people asked me if I was nervous about that, and I was just like, "No, it actually made me feel really confident that I was going to go faster. Like I was going. I thought I was going to go into a 103, uh, just because I thought the track conditions maybe sped up or something like that. Because when you ride a kilo, I mean, that's the true test. I think. Um, I mean, you can only ride at one speed. It's not like a pursuit where, you know, Correct. you open it up and you settle in and yeah, maybe I should have started a little faster. No, with the kilo, it's like you start fast. Don't make it complicated. Don't overcomplicate it. You start fast. You ride the second lap a little faster. You ride the third lap a little faster. You ride the fourth lap a little faster. Well, for me, the, for me, the, the cool part about the kilo for my day, you know, coming up in the late eighties and the early nineties was it was the crossover between endurance and sprint. And you had both types of athletes might spend some time working on it and try to win maybe not a national championship or might work on that. 
because the the effort itself is so beautiful. It's it's just all out for just over for just over a minute. And unfortunately, these days it feels like because it's not on the Olympic program any longer, and it's not actually on the Omnium program any longer, that sometimes the sprinters tend to tend to not not participate as much as whatever in the past. Yeah, it's. I think I, I think a lot of people don't participate just because, especially even with selection criteria with Team USA. I mean, it's um, they just think of it as oh. Well, we'll throw in we'll throw in the sprinters who right. do the team sprint into the kilo, uh, um, which I mean I would think Eric Young is probably like one of the first endurance riders to register for the kilo for Pan Ams and probably I mean probably a while man I mean yeah. like even probably before Bobby Lee's era I mean probably the last person to do it would be like Carney or something like that I don't know if he's ever done one at Pan Ams but. Uh, I think, I think Jamie, Jamie probably has, um, yeah. you know, both him or actually, you know what? And now that I think about it, I think Jonas was a little bit better at the kilo might've yeah. been, uh, you know, Pennsylvania at T town might've been in the <laughs> 105, 106 range, yeah. maybe even like the low 107s on a bad weather, on a bad weather night, which if nationals would have been there would have been pretty, would have been in the top three to five. Um, yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Congratulations, John. It was amazing to watch. Yeah, it was a proud moment for all us Southeasterners. We get, <laughs> we get a huge kick. Well, our number one thing is going to California and beating anyone from California is a joy yeah. from the Southeast. And then number two, you know, if the Colorado guys come down, that's just extra, that's just extra, extra, extra chocolate sauce on top of that Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it's just, I mean, I mean, honestly, like winning that, winning that national title, like I, I mean, if you would have asked me five years ago, like what I wanted to win and because I, I mean, I've always wanted to win a national championship, but, um, if you would have asked me five years ago, it was just, I just wanted to win a national title. So, I mean, it was just kind of like, I decided it wasn't, you know, a lot of people plan out their seasons in November and they're like, you know, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and these are my A races. I decided to do the kilo all in like. March one, I was like, all right, I'm going in. What do I need to do? What do I need to train mentally, physically, nutrition, whatever? Let's do it. And while ma- trying to maintain my crit speed and True. maintain my 4K speed, um, which I inadvertently lost a little bit of the 4K speed, but hopefully, you know, I'm hey, every, bringing that every back team, out. every every team needs a starter, man. Oh yeah, yeah, but every you know every team needs a starter who can also ride. <laughs> Uh, you know, a 4.30, 4K, and a, and a 103, 1K, which wow. is the goal. So so this, the, the, the race you won, for the people that don't know much, as much as cycling as you and Barman, and, you know, I have a little bit of experience with track cycling. This was you on a bike by yourself on the track. Me on a bike on the track. A true time trial. With yes. A true time trial, four <laughs> laps. I mean, four yeah, four four laps, one kilometer, nothing. You know, there was no lying, no hiding, no drafting, none of that. The race of it's truth, just, as they call the it. race of truth. Yeah. So really, like, it's the weirdest thing. It's like I almost blacked out just a little bit on the start line talking to my coach, and he was just like, I mean, honestly, I thought he was going to get in trouble when he when I was coming out of the start <laughs> gate. He pretty much ran with me all the way into <laughs> turn one. It was um, pretty. It was pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. So. <clears throat> 
I, I, I thought I yeah, had like, high, blood, high blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. And like when I won, it's almost like it was like a sigh of relief, honestly. Like all the work that I put in and, and everything that I did, I mean, it took five, six years to win that title. It wasn't wow. just that it wasn't February, you know? I mean, I, and I didn't know it. I didn't know that I was, you know, going to win that title, like, or shooting for that title, but I was always shooting for a national title the day I kicked my leg over a bike in 2011 when I watched the Omnium in Rock Hill. Well, I do have to say, John, your journey has been uh, very impressive for my side because that's that's exactly a collegiate coach that I am. You know, I don't coach a lot of juniors. You know, I get more of the cast off kind of like late teens, early 20s folks. And your journey has been great to watch and uh, and uh, and uh, and use as a teaching moment. Like, hey, you know, you don't know what you're going to be good at until you get good at it. So why don't you just try everything? And I know for years you just did, you just, if there was a bike race, you went out there and you did it. And it reminds me a lot of, a lot of the people I raced with in the early eighties and nineties that I, I like to, I like to present to other people. So they do the same thing. Yeah. And I, I never, I never classified myself. So this is the funny part about my story or career. It's like, you know, Barman's talking about me in 2012 or 2013 or 14 when I am 250 pounds and uh you hey, know, easy I'm like, a biscuit away you're you're a tra- you're a track sprinter you know you're, yes. you're a track sprinter or you're look at those a, legs look at those yeah, legs look at your legs like like it's okay blah blah blah, blah. and I'm like I'm gonna go do this 100k road race with a 2k climb um just because I need to push myself and in reality like the best thing that somebody ever told me was Never, ever, ever become too good to where you can't take advice from everyone. So, I mean, I take advice. I mean, there's so many people in my corner that I take advice from, even people that aren't in my corner that try to give me opinions and whatever. I listen. I listen. I know people think that I'm like just writing them off and I was like, oh. I don't know everything, you know? I don't know that John Croom eye roll has gotten way deeper than they used to a couple years ago. <laughs> I, yeah, honestly, I was probably more of a douchebag when I first started because I just wanted to learn it quicker. Um, I mean, I can only imagine the amount of times that I've Jeff Hopkins was, like, trying to think of a way of, like, Hey, mate, uh, if you could not yeah. do that in my village room, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, he was he was trying really hard. To, he was really nice to me. I will give him that. Like, like he, there was definitely times where he pro- I probably deserved to get yelled at way harder. Well, we try to be gentlemanly, not just in the way we ride, but how we treat yeah. others also. So. so so I learned a lot. I definitely learned a lot. And, and honestly, my biggest takeaway from, you know, even that I'm still taking away is that, you know, listen, just hear it out, man, you know, and give everything a chance and don't write everything off that, you know, like when I was told that I should probably be a sprinter, I gave it a chance. You know, I gave the whole sprinting thing a chance. And honestly, I probably could be a good sprinter if I really wanted to try it and really wanted to do it. I probably could crack into the sprint program, but I love racing road races. I love racing crits and I love racing the pursuit. So, so I do, I do seem to remember, I think you won one of the, 
was it a USA Cycling Criterium calendar criteria? One of the crits from the USA Cycling calendar, not USA crits in Binghamton, New York, was it? I did, yeah. So I didn't win that one, but I uh, I got second. <laughs> you got second um, in that one, yeah. Um, and that was that was actually a very odd race because um, how much was the check was the for not- second? The check for second, I think, was like because you know he didn't pay cash. Yeah, it was like I don't know, I don't even remember. I think it was like a couple hundred bucks. Six hundred wasn't a lot. Yeah, it, it was it was a bigger check. But the best part of that win, was twelve hundred to win five hundred for second. The best part of that was though is that I uh, you know I was I did the hundred k Madison the night before. Um, oh, at T Town in the yeah. uh, in during the Madison Cup. Holy oh, crap. that's awesome. So I got a phone call. I got a phone call from Chris Carlson, um, like literally the Saturday before this race. And, uh, and, you know, I answered the phone. He's like, Hey man, do you want to, do you want to go to, uh, do you want to go to T town? And I was like, dude, I just don't have the money. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, no, no. Like we'll find a way to get you out there. Just all you have to do is show up and race the Madison. And I was like, okay. And, uh, you know, Marty, cool. was great. Marty was great to really host us. So all I had to do was drive, me, you know, me and my wife went to <laughs> T-Town and we raced in T-Town. And then, um, I didn't even know who my Madison partner was going to be. It ended up being like, I don't even remember his name. He doesn't have a Facebook. He's, <laughs> 50, he's 55 years old. It's amazing how, how those old bike race promoters do it the same way in Detroit and T-Town. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get there and, and uh, well, Marty told me I was going to race with a master's rider and I was like, ah, it's cool, man. Like, I mean, this is your race, dude. You tell right. me I don't care. You know, I ended up racing with this guy and this guy's like headbutting Matt Rotherham. Like, <laughs> That's Thomas great. Rotherham, like for preems. I mean, he's getting beat for these preems. I mean, they're still winning the preems, but Matt Rotherham is, you know, no small dude. And Tom Rotherham is not a small guy. And this dude's like, I mean, he's all in. T-Town style. Yeah, we end up we end up getting, I think, yeah, we end up getting fifth. Yeah, so two two teams were off the front. Like, I think it was Guy East and, uh, um, you know, a Mexican rider. And then uh, Stephen Hall and some other, you know, a couple six-day guys were there. And, uh, you know, to put on a show and. We end up, you know, we end up splitting prize money, making two hundred bucks each. Nice. And uh, I remember because this guy, like, is probably old enough to be my father. Uh, <laughs> I remember we split money, and he introduced me to his father. At the race, <laughs> who gave him a ride to the race? And I was That's like, awesome. This dude is a legend, and I haven't. I haven't talked to him since, but honestly, if he wanted to race Madison Nationals, I would drop in a <laughs> drop of a hat race with that guy, no matter where I'm at in my career, that's for sure. And then we just packed up and went and we found out that Binghamton was the next morning and uh packed up, went to Binghamton and raced to crit. And and then I asked if I could race the next day, but we had a twelve hour drive home and the wife was not feeling that for sure. So. It's a, it's a it's anywhere anywhere north of that T town area, getting back to the southeast is just you go down eighty one that that drive down eighty one, especially at night, is, yeah. is it's just, it's it is it is mind numbing. <laughs> the drive there though, you're just like you're so excited and you're yes. like, Oh, it's so beautiful. The drive back, you're just like 
oh my god, there's not another gas station for like three miles. <laughs> well, when you grow what? up in the southeast, you think there's a gas uh, station every six miles. You're like you're next to like, oh, the house. <laughs> yeah, and there, like, I mean, yeah, it was. It's brutal, and so those are the, and that's the kind of drive that you. It's not long enough to really equate, like, just to be like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna get a hotel. Like for a bike racer, you're just like, I think I can do this in one day. Like I think it's like a nine hour, nine to ten hour drive. So you're just yeah. like, eh, with MapQuest, it's a nine to ten hour drive. Well, so there's nothing, like, there's nothing oh, worse yeah. than traveling than paying eighty bucks for a hotel and then not being able to sleep. So it's like five thirty or five forty five, and you're like, all right, we might as well just leave anyways because I'm not going to be able to go back to bed. But yeah, yeah. So that, that that literally. Or yeah, when someone has to get to the airport in Detroit and they just like show up. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Airport in Detroit. And especially if you go to the wrong airport. Well, I saw your vlog after yeah. apparently Barman had dropped you off. The best part well, is I told him, I said, Hey, I watched John's John's blog a couple this is a couple of weeks ago. He goes, Yeah, this here's a great story for you. I dropped him off, went back to the house, fell asleep, and then woke up and thought I forgot to take him to the airport. Oh man. Oh man, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. So I I got to I'm not gonna lie, because we, you know, we we when we did the Madison, we went out for beers, and I was just like, I remember asking Barman over a beer. The best time to ask Barman for a ride. The best time to ask Barman for a ride is when he has had a beer and a burger. <laughs> I can barely hear. Nine times out of ten, he's so stoked at that point. I mean, he's going to say yes probably because he's just a good dude. But getting a burger in him, oh, you definitely got him. <laughs> and, and so, so you know, I get to his – Well, especially like, when you're hanging out with Zach and we might have to eat some like crazy vegan pirate shorted oh, restaurant. Oh, yeah, so so starve barman for like three or four hours, then buy him a burger, then ask him for a ride, and that's that's usually the best time. But yeah, I think I got to his hotel at like four thirty in the morning, five thirty in the morning, and uh, and yeah, I was I'm not gonna lie, I was really nervous because I didn't know what room he was in. That sounds like barman. And I was just like, we never really talked about this. I just told him I was gonna come pick him up in the morning and. We went to bed two hours ago. So, um, well, the, uh, so when when I parked the car over at the uh, the velodrome, I was so wor- I didn't want to leave the keys on top of the tire because you could see them. So I like hit them underneath the frame of the car, like oh, like, like lay cool. down, like get, get underneath. <laughs> and so I thought everything was cool. And then three days later, Dale's like, "Hey, where'd you put those keys to the car?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, because I was checking my phone, you know, every couple of hours to make sure that everything was was cool. And uh good bike racing story there. Yeah, that that was a that was a fun way to start 2018 for sure. Cuz that was another one of those, "Hey man, you should come race this track race." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And it's like, "Who am I racing with?" We don't know. <laughs> like, okay, and then I get there at like 6 p.m., racing starts at 7 p.m. and I meet my partner and we race and we do the thing, you know, and that's the best way to do it. This is in Detroit at the Lexus Velodrome, right? Is that the name of it? Yeah. 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 John did a, John and Zach both did a fantastic job. It was, uh, it was a great, it was a great time by everyone there. Oh, it was for sure a blast. I mean, that, that track was unreal just like for how small it was and, uh, you know, 
the local community all the way to the fans that were there that literally were just stumbling in off the road, like didn't know what they were going into to see was, it just made it unreal. So, so back to your ride, uh, for the kilo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while you're telling that story, I'm thinking about a funny question. So of all the four laps, which lap did you start here in Phil Liggett <laughs> and Paul Sherwin in your head talking about you riding through <laughs> riding on the, on the track? Say so. Say say that one more time. What Sorry, on what lap did you hear uh, Paul Sherwin talking about your ride? You know that that moment every rider has when they're having oh, a good man. day. So that <laughs> moment, that moment clicked in actually not even before the like as it counts down from a minute. That's when that moment kicks in for me because like I watched so many Gilo videos and Gilo World Championships and uh, <clears throat> just like how they do the start lap and how long they're standing or how long they wind it up or whatever. And just like them talking about how he looks on the bike, even before he starts. <laughs> and so that's like, I mean, I'm doing the whole, the whole breathing techniques and, them, and I'm just thinking about them talking about my breathing techniques and everything. So I, yeah, I mean it, that, that moment clicked in from start all the way to me doing my victory lap around the track. I mean, that's cool. It, yeah, there was no there was no like lap that kicked in to need motivation for sure because I was fully motivated. So what 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 events are you riding or you know what are you on the schedule here for the rest of the season? You know, it's kind of kind of the start of the season at this point, but you know yeah. what what's your schedule look like? Are you kind of all over the country? Are you coming down back down to the southeast at all? Uh yeah, well I'm not I'm not really sure. I have a few races on the calendar that I know I'm doing for sure like so in the, in the coming weeks, I think I have like a team camp with Texas Roadhouse and then, uh, well, then I'll come back to Colorado and, uh, I'll actually do a national team camp, um, team pursuit camp. And, uh, then shortly thereafter, um, for the month of April, I'm pretty much on the Southeast, um, hopefully, uh, doing speed week with Texas Roadhouse, doing uh sunny King all the way to Athens twilight. And then, the big, the big one, you know, we gotta go the this year. after would be the Kieran, um, in Atlanta. At yes. Yeah. And, uh, he's, already, he's, already so, on the, he's already on the schedule. I'll schedule. be there. So, yeah, so that's, no one that's serves the, a meaner, meaner chicken nacho. I'll either be there. working the grill or I'll be a <laughs> guest announcing. <laughs> sweet, man. Yeah. Sweet. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what our, uh, like my March to May. But anything can change. And then after that, like, my main focus is just going to be on nationals. I mean, honestly, right now, all I'm focused on is nationals. So everything, every race I'm doing is just training and getting me ready for nationals. Um, when and is I love nationals? That. Uh, nationals, I think, is the first week of August. Okay. And then a couple weeks later um, is Pan Am's. And, uh, as, long as, and then, the as long as the Chargers don't change their uh, preseason schedule. <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah. So the, anything can happen in that situation. Where are the Pan Ams this year? Uh, that, that stuff always uh, gets announced like Mexico. last minute. Okay. It's actually in, it's in Mexico. Okay. Daryl yeah. Christopher reached out. He wants help getting ready. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. He wants to be, well, John, yeah. he wants to be John Kroom in the Kilo. <laughs> He's good. He's good. And, yeah, it's, what's actually really weird about ever winning that kilo title now on that note is how many emails I get Damn. from people wanting advice on how to race the kilo 
But then they always end it with, I'm not going to try to take your title, though. Bullshit. So, so don't be worried. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, honestly, I just don't think that that last sentence needs to be added. Like, I'll give advice <laughs> to anyone. Because it's like it's like me going up to, you know, my, you know, I'm pretty decent friends with Holloway. It's like me going up to Holloway and be like, hey, man, can you give me credit advice? But don't worry, though. Don't worry, though, bro. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to beat you in any crit. Just because you were almost that. amateur and pro champion at the same time, because USAC couldn't fill out fields, you know, I'm I'm not gonna try to take your title, John. Yeah, this, don't, is, this is my don't advice worry. to you, John. All those emails, just send to Barman. At underscore Coach Barman on Twitter. Just send someone to the Barman Coach 2013 at Gmail. This is this is this is my handler. He'll give you all the kilo advice you, you, you'll need for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, my kilo advice to everyone, I'll just say it over the podcast. <laughs> just ride ride the first <laughs> lap hard, ride the second lap hard, ride the third lap hard, and ride the fourth lap a little bit harder. Well, you know, my favorite part, the only times I've been inside the L.A. Velodrome, the two times I've been inside the L.A. Velodrome, uh, my friends have won the kilo. So That's we, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. It is pretty, it is pretty neat. And I didn't, I, John was so popular, I didn't get a picture with him. So even though he was on our rollers over in our cube and was hanging yeah. out, trying to get away from other people. Yeah, I think I was on everybody's rollers too, trying to get away from people. I was like, you're so easy, dude. Um, <laughs> so we're at 30 minutes right now. You want to keep going? Yeah, man. Okay, cool. Um, John just had non decaf coffee, he says. Yeah, he's, he'll be oh, up dude. for hours. <laughs> dude, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> You're missing a hell of a what's, first period. What's Casey doing? 4-2 Boston in the first. <laughs> so I'm watching the hockey game while, while we're uh, talking to you. I was um, just watching the women crush the team pursuit. Um, dude, you're like three um, hours horrible. late, bro. I know, but I, I got the Olympic channel. and So I started driving Uber. Um, and you know, I, just got, <laughs> I just got done driving dude, Uber. I can't so. wait. Do you wear I your neck? You got to wear your jersey while you're driving Uber. Dude, I'm getting oh, a John Crew Uber. <laughs> The John, the John Croom Uber is probably probably the coolest Uber of all time. It is. I will leave it at that too, though. <laughs> Driving Uber, I have literally had every stereotype that you can think of that gets into an Uber. I've had it, and I've only been driving it for three days. So. Well, I mean, I, I have to imagine Uber is very similar to the restaurant business that Mike and I have been involved with a long time. It doesn't take very long to understand that there's – only a couple of different groups of people in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting time, but it's a lot of fun. Cause it's like, I, you know, like most people think that I just sit at home and don't do anything with my life. I do have jobs. Um, I do work. I don't just train all the time because I have to break up the monotony. Um, so yeah. And I needed a car and I thought the best way to pay for my car is just to drive Uber in my off time. So you mentioned, uh, the Binghamton race, or you, you mentioned a race earlier when we were talking and you said at the time you weighed 250 pounds. Now I know oh, having yeah. watched your, your vlog and your channel and stuff on YouTube, that wasn't yeah. your peak. How much, no, how much no. weight, how much weight have you lost? Where did you start? What got you to start losing weight? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I weighed uh, 305 pounds at my heaviest. Um, uh, I liked Doritos and Wing King. And um, if you don't know what Wing King is, it's, uh, it's a staple back home. Um, 
Yep. You know, they, they I'm from Buffalo. I know all about this. I, I, the reason why I'm sending that out is hopefully that I can send this podcast and be like, hey, man, you should sponsor me. Uh, <laughs> even, even though that you almost gave me cardiac arrest at you know, 18. Um, but anyways. Well, Vendera's uh, parents live just, like, just off of Lake Norman. So. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so, <laughs> Do I need to go uh, there next time I'm there? Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and I was 305 pounds at my heaviest. And uh, I was working in a bike shop. I was like a little, you know, fixie kid or whatever. I was just the guy that hung around guys who rode bikes. And uh, the velodrome was being built. And they just announced that they were going to take on national championships. Uh, and, and if anybody knows bike shop talk, you know, one thing led to another where I was like, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to give it a try and actually try to race the track. And they were just like, Oh, you're too fat to do that, man. And I said, dude, there's no way that I can't beat those guys on the track. Like, look, I mean, I'm an athletic, I was a football player. I was, I was an athletic quote unquote, like you can't see my air quotes, but I was an athletic 305 pounds, you know? So I I know how you feel. And (laughs) And I was, a, I was a quick learner, you know? I was like, oh, I'm a quick learner. I'll figure it out. Anyways, I got my ass kicked. Um, but it just made me want to learn more. And then uh, I went and watched, uh, you know, 2000, you know, watched the national championships. And uh, I was like, man, like, I want to do this one day. I literally want to race in my hometown. And I want to race the national championships. And so I trained and I trained and I trained and lost over 105 pounds. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm like 195 right now. Um, and yeah, so I lost all that weight. And I ended up having the opportunity. My first ever national championship at an elite level was in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Didn't do very well, but it was in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And uh, yeah, that was amazing. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of that story. And I started working with a uh, dietitian from RP Strength who has helped me uh, even dial in my tr- nutrition a little more. Because, like, if you name a diet, I've tried it. I mean, even all the way from, like, not eating. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's no good. Not, which is not good. Not good at all. Um, so RP Strength has been the best for me to manage what food goes in to on what day, depending on my training. I mean, everything's timed out to eating. Hey John, can uh, I tell the uh, can I tell the uh, first day of your of your new diet story? Yes, yes, you sure can. <laughs> so I mean, I mean this is like the first week, so like I was like not ready to cheat. No, you said it was like one one day. It was, oh, okay. it was like you started. So I, I I was in Colorado Springs. I was flying. I was flying. I had some meeting meetings there, and I reached out to John. I was like, hey, you want to get together for dinner? He's like, yeah, 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 sure, man. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. So uh, so we kind of work it out, like, uh, maybe, what, 7 or 8 o'clock, kind of like, late in the evening. Um, it must have been a, was it like a Thursday? Yeah, it was It was the middle of the week. It was the middle, it was like a Thursday or a Wednesday. Maybe it was a Tuesday. So we. So I get, I get downtown, and parking in Colorado Springs isn't fantastic. It's kind of like Atlanta where I, you know, I hate to, I hate to pay to park. So I, I go to some free parking. I start walking. I go to this restaurant. John's like, yo, bro, we moved, man. We didn't like that place. There was, there was like a 20 minute wait. 
I'm like, no problem. So I start hiking my ass up the hill in, what was it, like 10 degrees? or It might have been like 15 It was cold. (laughs) It was was definitely cold. (laughs) It was cold. Got into this Irish pub. I'm thinking, I'm like, cool, you know, because I, I, John was nice enough to invite me to his wedding. And unfortunately I couldn't, I couldn't take off that weekend and kind of get up there. Kevin did and and Kevin did to kind of represent. And, uh, and I'm like, cool, I can take, uh, John and Casey out to dinner. And they're John's like, yo, bro, just started this brand new diet. (laughs) Casey's like, no, I'm not hungry. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) So between the two of them, they order a water and a diet Coke. What? Oh yeah. There. So every time Casey goes to the bathroom, John drinks her diet coke like straight out of the straw. Just, <laughs> it's just like it's like a cheat meal. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, man. And I mean, and that was the thing. It's like with me, I'm very like I have to. If it's in the house, I have a rule. If it's in the house, it's gonna get eaten. So it's not like like. If you're gonna if you're gonna bring in like for example it's Girl Scout cookie season yeah I'm gonna drop that I'm gonna drop that line in case they want to um, I'm pretty sure they're not girl- listening. <laughs> hey, hey, if a couple of boxes of those Girl Scout cookies go missing from the table outside of the Kroger, I don't know what happened, man. <laughs> yeah, so so it is Girl Scout Girl Scout cookie season, and uh, I like bought a box thinking like oh I was like telling Casey I was like, I'm not gonna eat them I'm just supporting. And they were gone in like 34 minutes. I think we got, got our time down to. And um, so, yeah. And then we had to buy more because, you know, I had to support them again. Uh, but, yeah. So I'm very bad at like if I put myself in a situation, I have to I have to bring Casey along because sometimes Casey will – Casey is my wife. Yeah. Who – I feed off energy in the way of being put down sometimes. So in the sense of like when I'm on the rollers, she'll literally tell me like there's people training harder than you. There's people going faster. I like her. Or like if I'm eating dinner, she, uh, she'll, she'll make a comment. It's like, are you sure you want to eat that? And I'm just like, and so she's like the best wife to have for these situations. So yes, when she went to the bathroom, I had made a pact that I was never – I wasn't going to drink Coke for 2018 – Diet Coke for 2018 because uh, I do like I do like bubbly Diet Coke. Um, and uh, yeah. I it's a shame. They just came out with all those new flavors. <laughs> yeah, I know. I haven't tried any of those yet. But, um, but, but yeah. It was crazy. So, it, was like, it was like, oh, cool. I get to take the kids out and then you know have dinner or whatever. Oh, it's my first day of my diet, Barbin. And I guarantee Barbin's drinking double Captain Cokes <laughs> the whole time. Well, then I have Barman. False. Then I have Barman trying to tell me, like, you know, I think Barman thinks that I'm like going to the bathroom to puke because he's like trying to tell me, like, hey man, like, be careful, like, you know, I don't know if you can lose any more weight. And I'm just like, nah, man, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And sure enough, you know, I did end up losing a lot of weight. I lost like. Well, it's not the weight. It's not actually the weight that's important. It's the functionality of what's on your body. Yeah, and, and, see, that's, that's, a, and that's and and you know people give me crap because they're like, "Well, I'm not taking advice from you, Barman, because you'll you'll drink like 18 Grand Marniers and have a salad." But I'm not a restriction guy. I've never been a restriction guy. I don't believe in restriction. 
And as I get more fit, I want to do activities that are less appealing. And, and, and so when people ask me for, well, when people ask me for recycling advice, but I'm not going to listen to your diet advice, it's like, well, they kind of go hand in hand. (laughs) Well, also my question is too, it's like, you know, my coach and my nutritionist, both of them aren't trying to go to the Olympics. So when I try to ask them nutrition advice and I'm going to compare it to what they eat or what they're doing, like (laughs) I don't think they're going to eat like an Olympian or try to eat like a future Olympian. Like they're going to eat like how they want to eat. Because I'm going to tell you this right now, the moment I quit cycling, I'm not going to, you know, take secret sips of a Diet Coke. You know, I'm going to just have a He's our future wing bracket. And now yeah. he, he's the future third person on our on our wing. We're doing a 16, 16 restaurant wing challenge. Oh, <laughs> and we're down in the second. We're down in the second we're round down, now. We got it narrowed down to eight. We did on two occasions, four places in one day. <laughs> so ten place, wings at each place split between the two of well, us. Well, no. Last place, Mike goes, no, I'm hungry. We're ordering separate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. that was But that was a solo day by itself. That was the end of my work day. But, like, we went on a Sunday. We hit four places. We'll take ten nice. wings hot <laughs> at all four places yes. in a three-hour three period. See, honestly, I probably would have gone to the Olympics for 2016 and would be going now to 2020 <laughs> if, if it was wings. an Olympic sport. If, no, if that was an Olympic sport. I mean, the wings, the wings need to be an Olympic sport, you know? Hey, Jack, and I, you got no game, kid. Oh, man. Uh, I feel like... You've, well, never I seen Vendura, to... you've never seen Vendura do the – he does a flat so flip. I, got, I can grab a flat, put it in my mouth, and pull out just two bones. He flips it. He flips it over when it's inside them. And he's so like, every time you do it, it's unbelievable. He and, I would, he and I would order 20 wings together, and he would separate his out to cool. Like all, all 20 and then wings boom. cool. Boom. And I would be Boom. like, he'd be like, why are you separating your wings? I'm like, I'm just trying to make sure I get to like eight or nine because you might like, you might reach across your wing zone. Well, I think, and, and Barman can correct me if I'm wrong. I think I have an extra day on Sunday uh, when I'm in, yeah. in town. Yeah, I think, May 7th, I, I think it would I be. think we might need to do a Bevo Barman vlog. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, done. We'll, we'll probably we'll probably do it after racing on Saturday night. It won't yeah, miss, dude. It won't, just, it, it won't. I'm refereeing or I'm in the officiating crew, and I hate I hate being on podcast or potting about that. But Mike is more familiar now, so I think it could be fantastic. I'd love to get you, Chad, Kevin, the whole team Darryl, like we did last year. Yeah, like we did last. So year. So we did one Rodrigo last year after the Kieran with and we round got, table and, with the whole team and. And uh, Seth from Snyder Cycles yes. and a couple other people. It's a good and it was time. hysterical. We it did was, for like it an was hour. A good time. Yeah, oh, we'll do, oh, we'll yeah, do it dude. on Saturday night. And then we'll sleep in and then we'll do wings on Sunday. Oh, definitely. By then, we should be down to the championship <laughs> bracket. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can have John Crew as a championship. Yes. Cool. Yeah. I agree to that. So, what, what are, what's the goal here? Uh, Olympics in 2020? Yeah, I mean, I, so I have I have tons of short term goals, but yeah, the overall end goal, I mean, for sure, is to be an Olympian and and not to do it once. Um, I want to go for you know twenty 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 four and twenty you know even twenty twenty eight. Um, you know, I'm only twenty four years old and um, 
What, you uh, think I you're mean, like Ken Bostic? Like you're going to Olympian at, at 48 years old? Uh, I guess one of my like real <laughs> heroes. <laughs> one of my one of my real heroes is probably Ed Veal. Nice. Um, and I mean that guy was riding in the Olympics when he was like 35, 36 years old. And I remember talking to one of the Canadian national team coaches back in 2016, and I was just like, because we were at Milton uh, doing a UCI race, and he, you know, we were chatting about Ed Veal, and I was like, so why like is Ed Veal really just that fast or is he like a mentor or what's the deal? He's like the reason why Ed Veal, cause at this time Ed Veal was um, still a part of the team pursuit in 2016. I, right I, re- the- I remember very well. I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right before the world cup season started yes. where the boys were break. So he helped them break four minute barrier. Yes. And um, I asked him, I was like, you know, what's the deal? And he, they were just like, no one can beat him. No, like no one we put next to him can beat Ed Veal and uh and I think I mean even I bet if you even ask Ed Veal today like you know how do you feel about the whole situation he's like probably pretty good you know like you see a group of guys that are like you know 20 years old that are riding like grown-ass men and men and I feel like that's because Ed Veal you know kind of mentored them and literally kicked their teeth in well we all Um, we all we all stand on shoulders of giants yeah (laughs) you know if I it, if I had to, if I had to provide housing for everyone that provided me housing through my cycling career that only really lasted from 1990 to 94 or 95, I would have to rent out like a 350 person hotel. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, within the cycling community, that's, you know, that's another thing that I feel like is going to help me get to the Olympics is uh, all these people that have, you know, just donated a little bit of time so well, that's how that's how large gains all large gains are always created by little but <clears throat> not to give brailsford some little marginal gains <laughs> crap but <clears throat> when you think about it that way you know yes that i mean there i can't believe that people like allowed me to stay at their home in virginia beach in in, in virginia beach virginia in 1992 that didn't even know me gave me their house key did my laundry when I wasn't even there. And I, I don't even remember their name. It's painful. Yeah. I mean, that's, I actually have one of those in Atlanta. <laughs> John, <laughs> you know, John, he goes out of his way. I met him and I mean, I've been just staying at his house ever since John Tomlinson. I've been staying at his house ever since I started racing. I mean, he's that dude's also seen me, come through the ranks in Atlanta and uh super supportive but like the last two times I've been there I haven't even seen him because he's been riding his bike and he would just leave me his key to his lovely lovely home you know fridge filled with beer espresso machine ready to go and oats ready to be cooked <laughs> I mean, that guy you know the meats from uh like a natural grocer's like i mean that guy like hand-picked steaks that are like 20 dollars um a piece i mean that dude True. that dude takes more than enough care of me um what's so. his address <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, well i guess he'll love this we'll have a house party there after 
you know, after the gear and how about that? No, <laughs> no I, oh, I'm getting an email now. Him telling me that I can't stay. <laughs> John's like, damn it. I got to stay at Barman's. I'm so scared. Barman's got an extra room. I've got an extra room. Whatever you need, man. Actually, we'll make it Hodges, happen. Hodges is, Hodges is crashing in the service course right now. I'm not sure what he's doing, but Hodges is there. <laughs> oh. Um. All right. Lastly. Yeah. Do you have any great barman stories? Great barman stories. Oh, oh Jesus. man. Dude, everyone's got a great barman story. I've got about a half a dozen <laughs> or more. I do, I do too. I would probably say the most recent one is just literally it, – it's probably the time that we are at um, – sorry, I have the dog jumping all over. That's all. It's fine. <laughs> so you said – it's probably the time that you know we're in Atlanta, and it's just the barman laugh. Oh God, <laughs> we've talked. Uh, I've talked about that so many times. It's, there are it's, people it's, that their heads will jerk around and say, "Where's my yeah. barman?" So I think I had, been, you know, Scott Patton's probably going to get you know on to me about this one, but oh, I think I had just, <laughs> I think I had just gotten into it with Scott Patton, and Scott Patton's like grilling me. And this is when I saw my ego was probably through the roof. Like I had, you know, I was winning all these races and I'd just gotten relegated for some, something ridiculous. I don't even remember. Probably your fault. (laughs) Stomping my, and I'm telling, oh, uh, and I was like, it wasn't my fault, you know? And, you know, Barman's, Barman's like just sitting there, like with his wide eyes, like as I'm, as I'm yelling back and forth, Scott makes a comment where he's just like, do you know how many races I've refed? And I'm like, do you know how many races I've raced? And and Barman starts busting out laughing. <laughs> and I just remember getting told to go down in the infield by Rob. Rob, uh, Rob Evans is just like super calm. He's like, all right, John, please, please go to the <laughs> And uh, and Ventura cool. was probably serving chicken nachos. I was probably serving chicken nachos. Yeah, <laughs> and they're also like, and I think at this point they're like threatening to take my payout or something. Scott's like threatening. To be like, I, it, was, it was getting it was getting hectic. There's been a lot of times where I've gotten relegated in Atlanta. Um, and it's probably probably not my last. Um, but, uh, I definitely definitely am really excited to come put on a show for sure in May. No, we're, we're we're definitely looking forward to it. It'd be nice to meet you in person. Hey, you got the Kieran, the Kieran rec, or the uh, Kilo record is available at six p.m. You're on oh, the yeah. schedule, bro. That's that's the huge one. Um, I definitely I like want to smash that Kilo record so well. Well, that, come over, come over sometime in the week when you're in town, so we can do a little little testing. Yeah. I'm a, I'm and see that's the thing. Like most Kilo guys wouldn't do testing, but I'm. I'm. I love riding the kilo so much that I'll just. Pro- I probably could go faster if I didn't ride it so many times. But I love. I love just going all out for a minute. That's- well, we. You just have to. Uh, you know, the DLV has a. The bumps are in certain places, and every time we try to fix a bump, another new bump one pops up. <laughs> oh no! So my classic. The bumps are classic, new. <laughs> it's I all John Tomlinson's fault. Just so you know. <laughs> I got a I got a classic DLV bag, uh, and so my DLV bag comes with uh, four sets of tires, um, a set of wheels, an extra saddle, and an extra uh, seat post clamp. Damn! Uh, all of those things I have broken at DLV. I am so wow. impressed. 
So yeah, I bring that to DLV because uh, an extra chamois cream um, because it's literally nine hours of you sitting in your chamois, and uh, it's honestly the only track in the U.S. Like if you want to race and learn how to race, I tell everybody this: go to Atlanta. I mean, you will literally race ten times in one day. Dude, and, you should you should see the new Friday night schedule. It goes till ten p.m. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the that's what's cool about Atlanta. You, like, if if anything's if any track is building bike racers, because everybody complains about oh, a ten lap scratch race, or it's, only, it's only five laps. Like, what the heck? And it's like when you really do the math in Atlanta, you're probably well. First off, the eighty lap to a hundred lap freaking points race. At, I it's think they, sixty, bro. Nice it changes. It changes. It changes the, every year. The rain's rolling in. <laughs> yeah. So it's whenever. No, it's whenever the rain has already rolled in. Yep. The sun's out the most, and so it's the hottest, most humid point of the day. And you've already raced like four or five times. So it's like, all right, time to go race the longest race. Enjoy. And yeah, so it's that's brutal. Like I honestly have to. I change into a new skin suit for that race. And then change <laughs> Uh, just because it's so hot. It's all right. Uh, we, we'll still offer up. We can offer a lap record at three o'clock and the distance record, record the kilo record at at six, if you're willing to take it on. But that's up to what, you, man. What, I don't want lap? you to make decisions tonight. The the one lap? Like a no, one that's lap Alexander lap? Gill. Ale- no. Alex has the lap our lap record because we're off of of metric. Yeah. So you, you, so I you, think I'm, I'm more of a, I'm, so I don't know if any, yeah, because if you look at the splits from the kilo, I actually won it in the last two laps. Oh, yeah. I think, I think I was like the third fastest, um, at the 500 meter mark or something like that. Hey, I'm a tested timing guy, dude. So I, I, I watch, I, I watch pursuits just like I used to watch them with Phoenix timing on my laptop. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that record. <laughs> That record I would definitely have to think on, but like the kilo record, I think I can smash any way, which way you want me to ride it. So, um, I'm really, I'm really pumped to do that ride. Like I actually but even wrote, wrote I'd love for you to have it just so I could use that for the next 20 years to deter every kid about like, well, if you're not that fast, you're not winning a national championship. Oh yeah. Well, my thing is, it's just you know, uh, it's racing a bicycle. We well, we get out, we get on a line, and we go for 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 three laps, and we're done. Yeah, I wanna I wanna definitely leave this on the podcast for sure. Is that my, my whole goal in cycling and my whole life career is to uh, to break the social norm of uh, elite track cycling in the sense of. I love the fact – well, Jamie Carney is also another good one of those guys to think of because, I mean, he <clears throat> could win a sprint title and a points race title all in the same year. Absolutely. Whereas I think if you want to be a world-class endurance bike racer, if you make the comment of I'm not a sprinter or I'm not a climber, um, that's the moment you've quit cycling. <laughs> and yes. uh, I think I think really like my whole goal this year, you know, if we're going to you know answer that is – I want to be the fastest man over four laps and I want to be the fastest man over 16 laps. And, uh, and so I want to be the fastest pursuiter 
in America, and I want to be the fastest 1K rider in America. All right, we'll do we'll do 12 laps straight up. You and Chad, I'll do it. <laughs> you want to get so when you want to do that, you want to do kilo at six, or you want to do kilo at three, and then we move you and Chad 12 laps DLV to 6 p.m. when all the crowds there. I want to do the kilo when the crowds there. I mean, I'm a national champion. That's, I want to put on. A, I, I mean, I mean, I, I'm just asking. I would also do the kilo. It only takes them a minute. Let's do the kilo at six, and then yeah, <laughs> and the other I mean, one at six oh three. Yeah. So, and that's I was about to say that. I was about to say like, I will ride the kilo and then ride the pursuit after. Um, <laughs> just loop were. them into one. Yeah. And, and so, right. I mean, I can get Mini Finney to come out. Yeah, so I'm definitely I'm definitely down to do a pursuit. What's the pursuit record then? Uh, laps or distance? Distance. Oh, distance is actually so I saw Kent and Tommy Mulkey do four forty seven on DLV. Yes. Wow. Oh. At the same time. What was the twelve? What's the twelve lap record? Uh, I think that one is just under, it's that five minute mark. Uh, I'll do the 12 lap. Honestly, you want me to put you against Chad? What do you want to do? I'll do it against anyone. Or you want to do it against Kevin? I'll just do it against you. Yeah, I'll do it against you. Oh, Jesus. No, I mean. We'll start trending tomorrow, 5.30 a.m. I don't think I get consumed. I don't think it's very fair. I don't think it's very fair to be like, hey, yeah, I'll do it against Chad or I'll do it against Kevin. I want you to do it in the Borat Speedo. But I will do the kilo with, I mean, or the 4K or 12 lap or whatever with anyone. The entire East Point Track Club has huge respect for you, John, in your career, what you started and what you're doing. And we all our riders are more than happy to go against you anytime we choose. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm up to, I'm definitely I'm definitely up to ride. We've been know. racing we've been racing together a long time, like longer than anyone knows. And yeah. so and so it, it's it's such a joy to hang out with you and Kyle. And in old, I mean, we go back old school southeast. You know, this is this is what we're doing. We're we're trying to help people race bicycles. It's not I, it's not rocket science. It's just hey, put on good events. Well, yeah, I'll leave it at that, man. I mean, let's. I would, you know, it'd be really cool, like if you if we wanted to, it, like open up the kilo to certain riders, invited riders only, and we break the record a couple several times. I mean, and we put on a show. I mean, you tell me, man. I'm, a, I'm in for whatever. Um, I just want to put on a show and have have fun. Well, that's, that's what that's really what bike racing is. Because if you if you want to make a living at it, unless you cheat, you don't. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm down. I'm down for. I'm down for whatever. Um, no, it's awesome to hear, sir. John, it, thanks, man, for the hour that you've been on with us. I didn't expect it <laughs> yeah. to be that long. Um, yeah, well, you can but, cut some pieces out. Yeah. No, it's not getting cut. It's Man, not worth it. it's Vindor, too much Vindor time. Was so worried. He's like, I'm going to need you to lead a little bit of this conversation. I was like, I got this, bro. Um, where can people follow you? You know, I know the YouTube channel. I know Twitter, yeah. Facebook. Give give everybody all the places they can find you at and follow your so, vlog. Yeah, I would say the best place to go is probably my Instagram, which is you know at John C. Kroom. 
uh, and that's probably the best place to go because that's just a starting point to follow everything. I mean, I got my YouTube channel linked to that. I got my Facebook linked to that. And uh, that's probably the best place to find me or just search on Facebook, John Kroom Cyclist. And uh, they could go for my athlete page and find everything through there and uh, just follow the journey. We appreciate your time. Good luck. We'll see you in a few months. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I've already got my sunscreen packed. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need some towels, too, for all the humidity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, John, thanks a lot. Cheers. Take it easy. Man, that was a lot of fun talking to John. <laughs> yes. Anytime you get a new barman story, that's always, that's always, it's worth, it's worth its weight in gold, whatever you want to weigh it in. That I mean, that's fantastic. It's pretty amazing how I compartmentalize my life. Yes. Because if you ever met my brother. Yes. And you guys could share. I can only imagine. <laughs> I've be, met your brother like once or twice. Yes. But we didn't talk. We really <laughs> yes. didn't talk much. It, if you and my brother ever, ever – there's a few people in my life that my – if my brother and my old high school friends like Dad or Brent or those guys. Yeah. Um, we didn't really get through all the, the tour or the cycling stuff, so um, I just want to clean up some of that. Um, well, let's just go long. I mean John's, we, we're, John's interview was awesome. Well, I mean, we're just, I'm just going to continue down the path that we're on. We're just going to do, we're going to do, this one's going to be two hours. We're going to do Bill Simmons and we're just going to be like, like, I'm not, I'm not restricted. This one's going to be over 90 minutes. (laughs) I don't care. It's almost already at 90 minutes. Um, We talked about uh, uh, Israel and the Pope. We talked about Kwiatkowski. We talked about Froome. Talked about Lance. Talked about Astana. Um, Did you see Boonin's comments on Froome this week? Yes. Do you because he basically said it doesn't mean anything that he tested positive means it doesn't had no impact on on the races. Well, no. What here's here's what I wrote down. Boonin said exactly. It's not good for anything. It didn't help him win the tour or the Volta. Do you agree with those statements? No. You think it did help? I think you Tom, think it helped him win the Volta. I think Tom Boonin is from an era that mm. that. <laughs> I got you. I got where you're going with this. And yes, and what he's and what what Froome is doing is so little of what he used to do, or what or, he saw during or, that era. I, all right, so he's minimalizing what actually yeah. happened. It's not as bad as what Lance and those guys did, but it's still bad. So let me, and I've said this about Cancellara before. Okay, and I'll say this about Tom Boonin. And honestly, I'll say this about Lance. I got to stand up. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, those guys would have been the best of the best, no matter what drugs or whatever else would be taken. So I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. What I disagree with Lance with is his protocol in what how he treated his teammates. Yeah. With it, and what I and. I only believe that Cancellara and Boonin and 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 others only did the minimum amount that they knew they had to take to win. Unlike Jens Boy. Mm-hmm. Unlike name and nationality. Italian. Italian. So we're talking about 
Basso. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, uh, gosh. Pantone? Uh, yes. <laughs> Which is so sad. Yeah. Because the guy what wanted about, to win, uh, the guy wanted to win bike races so bad. He was willing to trade his life yeah. to win a bicycle race. What about, and uh, you know, this isn't, and we've talked about this. This is not dissimilar to what we deal with in the restaurant business. Sure. Where it's like sometimes when you had a hard day at work, you need an escape. I grab a couple of beers or some liquor mm-hmm. or this. Other people grab other things. Or a double sky grape and soda. <laughs> <laughs> well, other people grab other things. Do I judge the people that grab other things? No. Mm-mm. I don't I'm not judging them. However, when you make your team yes. mates yes. do what you're doing and pay what you're willing to pay, yep. that's a problem for me because that's like a union job. What about Cipollini? <sighs> it's a little different for sprinters, right? I'm not saying, hey, he's clean or he's dirty, but I'm just asking. The problem I have with Mark Cavendish and Cipollini and um, – um, who's the guy after Cipollini in Italy? Um, Alessandro Pataki. Yeah. Is they might be clean, mm-hmm. but they have nine doped athletes leading them out. <laughs> and honestly, and, and you know, honestly, there's nine other doped athletes or eight other doped athletes from another team. So I'm not. I don't doubt their natural ability. I don't right. doubt nat- – I've never doubt- doubted Lance Cracker's natural ability. <laughs> he has more – he has more natural talent in his – top of his pinky yeah. than I have had ever in anything I do. Yeah. Ever. But you know what? You guys have won the same amount of same Tour de France. Same amount of Tour de France. And you like, to, you like to have fun. <laughs> well, Lance likes to have fun. You know, it's pretty you, obvious. You have more fun. I do have more fun than this does. I do. But, you know. On that on that note, the Stooges logo was created this week. <laughs> we will be. Uh, I, I was thinking about some things. I've been thinking a lot. The RV's about, available. I was thinking a lot we're about. Doing it. I was thinking a lot about how we're going to roll this out. And I thought, maybe we hire an intern. <laughs> do you want to? I, I've got the perfect person. Who? Ethan. My, my, my wife's cousin. Oh, really? He's like 17 or 18. He might be the perfect one to do it. Can you do social media? Probably. The kid's on Snapchat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, next time I see him, I'm going to talk to him. I, I got a proposition for you. We'll, get you. we'll get you school credit. Whatever you need to do, we'll form a corporation. Hey, Jess, we're going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> she loves when you do that. Um, this weekend, we've got, is it Strade Bianche? Yes, Saturday. Did I pronounce that right? Close? I don't know. I'm not. I... Bianche? Bianca. I'm only one eight. I'm one eight Italian. <laughs> okay. Uh, looks like that's the start of Sagan's European season. He's in that race. True that. How do you? What do you think? How how's he going to do this season? Same? Better? Sagan? Yeah. Think he's going to have the same season he's had the last two or three years? Think he's going to be better? You think he's going to be worse? I don't know. Is Cavendish going to run into him and then <laughs> cause him to get kicked out of the Tour de France? I forgot, I forgot that he didn't finish the Tour. <laughs> they both got kicked. Well, they basically both got kicked out of that race. So it's going to be better. As long as he finishes the Tour, it's going to be better. Because he'll win the green jersey. Well, Most likely. 
Do you, here's a question. I was having this conversation with Brian Conley the other day. Nice. Uh, he was at the house. He came by to see the baby. Will a rider. He met Violet? He did. Was that the first to meet Violet? Of my friends? Yes. Lauren was. Aww. She's like. She was like dying for the baby to show up. <laughs> she'll Drew's leaving town Sunday. She'll be over the whole weekend whoa, taking pictures whoa, of the baby. Why did I say oh yeah. um it's amazing. So she's an amazing woman. Yeah. Is Violet and Lauren. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> is will we ever see a point where a Peter Sagan type rider wins the Tour de France or wins a major tour for that matter? It's honestly up to the tour. Right. Um, well, I think you've always said, or you've said in the last year, the tour is kind of going that way. It is. Because that fits their riders, well, the French riders a little well, bit better. Well, what the tour is doing is, unfortunately, Quintana is better than Bardet at Bardet stuff. Right. But Bardet's actually growing into someone. So if you cut the, you know, if Sky and Froome fold, and, yes. and Froome gets a two-year, bam. It's going to be awesome. Bardet. Could it be like the Wild West of cycling? Dude. Without the drugs? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it'll be semi-clean. It'll be yeah. like... Like we, like we thought we were getting cleaner, and clearly we weren't. No, we are. What? But the, the fact we're talking about an asthma drug over EPO... Yes. ...is a huge... Step. ...win. It's a huge uh, I think, win. And, I, think, and I, don't, I don't mean to discount that when I talk about... It, you know, what I hate is I hate Brailsford, I hate Sky, I hate Froome, I hate them, their denial, and I hate their zero tolerance and their to, to Julik or Yates or any of the guys I loved. In my day, I hate it. And I think what you just said prior to that statement is it's not EPO, it's this. That's kind of what Boonin was trying to say. Yes. Okay, so no, that, I, that I agree with that. Perfectly. Now, this is a guy that tested positive for recreational drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? Um, Tom Boone could be on this show, did, and he's more Ulrich, fun. He's more fun than we are. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Wasn't it Ulrich that got caught for like ecstasy or, yes. or cocaine? Well, <laughs> when, uh, but, but he was in, he was out injured for like the whole well, season. Well, both Boonin and and him oh, have been. God. I believe Boonin's cocaine. Um, uh, Ulrich, Ulrich is ecstasy. ecstasy. Um, okay, so that kind of sums up our cycling segment that lasted an hour and <laughs> thirty-three minutes. Um, Oak Island. I didn't get. I was surprised Tuesday night. Went on Facebook ten oh one. Nothing from Anunziata. <laughs> <laughs> he must have missed this week's episode. Are we going to talk this late about Anunziata? I just want to drop his name in there again. Early? Yeah. Because we have to talk about Chris Anunziata's fixation on Jeopardy. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. We were going to talk about that. Are we going to go this late? He's going to be so pissed. Do we hold it off for next week? Should we do it? <laughs> you brought it up to me on the phone the other day, and I just started laughing hysterically. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you said that if Chris got on Jeopardy and did not know the answer for Final Jeopardy, he is going to write. He yes. said he would. Why, why can't he write? Three people that have not eaten breakfast in my kitchen. He's got the platform to get our name out there. Yes. 
But who are three people that have never been on the Bevon Barman podcast? <laughs> that should be the final Jeopardy answer. But <laughs> like Chris says, <laughs> he has tried out collegiate. Shut up. Like that's his obsession is getting on Jeopardy. He watches it what if, every day. What if one of, what if you or I could get on Jeopardy before him? How he'd pissed be, would he be? He'd be <laughs> he wouldn't talk to he's never talked to you. He would never talk to me I'll, again. Every once in a while I'll throw Jeopardy on just when there's like I don't want to watch the family feud or I don't want to watch, watch I haven't watched fucking Jeopardy in I how love many Jeopardy. Years? I love it. It's really good. I'll put it on and Jess will be like, I'll start answering questions. Just like, how do you know this stuff? I'm like Useless knowledge. That's what I'm filled with. <clears throat> Nothing but useless knowledge. Well, my my hard part, which Chris actually has, is is um, the literature stuff. Yeah, that's the hard part. The, I can't do – I can do everything else. And actually, I sent him a, a picture. I answered 10 out of 10 questions that they said Jeopardy people wouldn't get. Oh, my God. And I was like, am I ready yet? But it didn't have any literature in it. It had the usual. If if I get stuck with like American history, history, it was more. more If I get stuck with American history, I'm fine. Uh, If I get stuck with any sports question, I'm fine. Um, It's when I get poetry, literature, uh, uh, poetry, music, or literature, or art, or art. Yeah, I can't do. If I get geography, I'm usually pretty good. So supposedly, the urban legend is. Anusiata, this is his fourth try at getting on. Wow. Urban legend. <laughs> Anusiata is an urban legend. I don't know if he's telling the truth. <laughs> oh, Should we go a... through his categories? Mothers and sons. <laughs> Stamps from around the world. <laughs> Civil Beer. servants. Beer. <laughs> I, told, I told Chris we could get to all. I thought it was nine. He said it's 12. Categories? Yes. It is 12. It's six in each round. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was nine. Can so, we name all 12 right now? Like that he would excel in? No. that First, we're going to do Cliff Clavens. <laughs> well, no. If, if Chris got a Cliff Clavens-esque type <laughs> category system, the first thing would be like cyclists. <laughs> um what is he is he a lawyer or is he what does he do well he he wasn't me he is he actually graduated from fordham law okay but he doesn't practice law do you know who else went to fordham uh there's a famous was it bobby knight or it's a famous like coach or somebody mm-hmm. um from a town you've barely been to oh <laughs> mike mccarthy <laughs> He's never been on a Jesuit campus in his life. Want to bet? <laughs> want to bet? Why don't bet? you look at what Niagara is? Is it Jesuit? I'm almost positive it is, if not Dayton is. <laughs> and I went to both of those schools. I'm almost positive Niagara is a Jesuit school. <laughs> is it? Yes. I don't think so. I can't look at my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's recording this episode. All right. So where were we at? Anusiata. Jeopardy categories. So went to, what does he do? I don't know. I know what Chris does. He was a mediator. Now he's an ambulance chaser. Oh, but he deals with DUIs. John Foy? He, de- <laughs> he deals with DUIs Chris, Chris a lot. Chris Anunziata, the other strong arm of the law. He deals with DUI a lot, which why, is why he has to speak with me about how. Marsh, one category, martial law. 
That's up there. <laughs> Put it up there. That's a perfect Jeopardy category for him. <laughs> Is Chris from Atlanta? No, Jersey. He's a Giants fan. <laughs> I always, I, always I, I imagine him being like, like he's places. From North, he's from North Jersey then. <laughs> he's from like, like, he, like places. He's a Giants fan. He's so probably like from like he thinks County Eli or, Manning is like the greatest quarterback did, did you ever. See, um, what's his name? Got a new deal with Jacksonville. Why not? No, I, I was just surprised. I thought they would go after Eli and Manning. Brad Johnson. Yeah, no, I'm not saying anything, but I was just a bit surprised that they wouldn't go after trying to get Eli. But I mean, he had a no, good year. Well, money wise, actually, the first year or two is only like 17 or 18 million. Mm-hmm. The Falcons are going to pay Matt Ryan yeah. $30 million a year. Yeah. And and you know what? Matt Ryan earned every penny of it. <laughs> All right. So, category number two is <laughs> the New York Giants. I don't think New York, New York. We'll call it New York sports. We'll go. We'll go vague there. No, no, no. Because he's not is there's, he a Yankees fan? There's or only is he, Yankees or Mets. He's a Giants fan. He's got to be a Yankees fan. I think he might be Mets. That's like a typically the Jets fans. Are with I know. The Mets. The, it's well, super it's weird. Usually, well, it's super Jets, weird. Jets, Mets, Islanders. Um, well, if he's from North Jersey, he's a Devils fan. Well, he claims he doesn't know anything about hockey. That's fine. Yeah, because he said he hates But he hockey. said Bedour at number He's, seven. That's wrong. It's been wrong. It started wrong. Bedour is not the seventh best goalie. <laughs> He's number one or number two. He <laughs> no, does not drop any lower than two. No. Um, Maybe three. Because well, I don't know the old goaltenders with the Maple there's, Leafs there's or only, the Canadians that have like 18 championships. There's only one football team in New York. The J E T S Jets? No, the Buffalo Bills are the only team to play in New York. <laughs> <laughs> the other two play in North Jersey. Dang. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- I got to think like Marshall, some like odd law category has got to be up there. Or political science. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> the, 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 we got to give him potpourri. That's always up there for him. <laughs> uh, Northeastern states. Um, true. That would go good for him. Um, because his wife likes Mercedes convertibles. Uh, then we would do classic cars. Classic convertibles. Classic European cars. Classic. And then we, we have to put Grammys in. <laughs> the Grammys. <laughs> well, no, you've got to have a funny category. Because Melissa like, would bitch slap him so quickly for missing a Grammy question. So you've got to have like a category, like cars that start with M. Hey, Chris. <laughs> How many Grammys did Millie Vanilli win in the 80s? One, two, three. I think they won at least one. I think they won three. Best song, best album, best Can new artist. Take, yeah. Can you take any of them back? Or they, you I think the they order? got all rescinded. How do you do that? Well, they're, I think they're both dead, too. <laughs> one of them is definitely dead. One of them is definitely How do you take their Grammy back? <laughs> Knock, knock, knock. We're here for your Grammy. It's not yours. It's a good thing they have a lawyer. The Grammy. That's a good category. I didn't know he had like a big music interest. Well, I don't know Chris all that well. well I just give him, I, just give him I explained. Shit. I asked Mrs. Anusiata if she came across some free music that we could use. Oh. Uh, Mark, 
I'll talk to Mark. He's coming to the St. Patrick's Day party. Well, I know we can use Ocean Street as freely as we want to. No, but I'll have him write us a theme song. That's what I asked like six but months I ago. I haven't seen Mark since he was on the show. No, we were at – before your wife gave birth, we were <laughs> – How'd you guys get such crappy seats? <laughs> no, but that, like that's the last time I saw Mark. And until I see him again, I'll ask him or I'll say, hey, when you come over and say Patty's Day, if you could write us a song that we could use on the show. Yeah. You know, so just do it's something just, fun. Yeah. That's, that's fun. like Mike and Mike style. Um, let's move on from let's move on from Annunziata. Let's, let's give it some thought. Can, and come we, can some, we really move on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's finish off Oak Island. We've got one episode left. Are you sure? I'm po- I'm positive there's one actual show episode left. And then I had to uh, sit through two hours of Oak Island last night. It was painful. Did you watch the Family Show? <laughs> the show about the extra episode about the family. I've only watched part of that. I've not watched the whole. Thing. I couldn't get through the whole thing. It, it's it's just a recap episode. There's no point in watching it. Um, it was awful. I think this the same episode was on earlier this year, <laughs> just in a different format. Um, we got we finally found treasure in the form of one one jewel. gem, one jewel. one one gem. I was watching it upstairs, and Jess was in the be- in the bedroom with the baby. I go, honey, they found they found treasure. <laughs> she goes, what? I go, they found treasure. She's like, whatever. I go, they found one ruby. <laughs> She goes, that's it's about right. That's about it's right. That's it's about right. We got one episode left, and we get Civil War, um, the Civil War uh, gold show right after it next week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. That one's going to be a one and done. <laughs> they're going to find it. No, they're going to be like um, Cooper's. That's supposed to be coming back. It ain't coming back. It It's due next month. It's due next month. Is it coming back? I think so. It's still open on IMDb. So if it was dead, it would have had uh, an end date. <laughs> so um, it looks like Oak Island is coming back next year. I saw that. Yeah. So um, that's and, why they that's why they reintroduced the swamp. You're right. Um, <laughs> any any um, anything else on Oak Island? I mean, next week should be interesting. I love the brother's passion. Yeah. As a Michigander. <laughs> <clears throat> the guys are cool. They're trying their best, but. <sighs> I don't think. The, the one thing I saw from the preview, there's a big table with all the artifacts they found this year. And it's a lot. It is. And, and they actually are. They, they have I it think in they're their... getting further than anyone else has. Well, by but, far. But I don't think they're they going to find spent... it. 20 million dollars yes. getting there yes i mean what we're talking about do they drive that deeper or is there nothing there in i don't think there's anything there i don't think there's anything there. or it's somewhere that they're not looking they've looked or it's or it's been found and it's gone well we know that yes some of it is gone yes it's gone it's gone all right, Barman and Bevo podcast business. Where do we want to take this? <laughs> so I think we talked before the show about the format. We're going to tweak it a little bit for the seasonality of what, what yes. this is. Yes. Um, do we make a big push 
here in the next. So we're, we've almost been doing this a year. I think we've been doing it about uh, 11 months or 10 and a half months at this point. We're getting pretty close. Yeah. I it think was, we started in April. Bit... We started in April. Did we? Yeah. Cause oh, I took... is that, it was definitely after St. Bannon's. Yes. It was that. Cause that's yeah. kind of where we. That's where we, shortly that's after where I finally, that's where I finally convinced you that this could probably work. It was either shortly, it was on St. Patrick's Day or shortly after that we d- d- decided to do this thing. You did. We did. I've been asking you for years. We did. <laughs> it wasn't my decision, it was our decision. This is I've been asking this, is it my podcast? It's our podcast. I've been asking you for years. Um do <laughs> we've got this new logo. That, it's I, awesome. that I really love. <laughs> it's great. And I and I keep I hate the colors, but the logo's great. <laughs> I think, you know, with with the track season starting, yes. Do we make t-shirts? Sure. Okay. Do we make signage? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Where do we get the money for that? <laughs> so out of our wallet. Okay. <laughs> um or we start doing commercials and sponsorship. Well, we should. Okay. I think with that, though, we kind of have to take this thing to the next level. But Tiger Woods has to come up? Huh? What was we that? Have was that even Tiger. English? We have to tell Tiger. We have to tell Tiger <laughs> he's got to come on. No, no, no. What I'm talking about is we need to get a... Does Tiger we, win the Masters? I think he's there on the final day, but I don't think he wins. Tiger is winning the Masters. No, I think he wins a different major before he wins that one. No. Absolutely That's, not. What, three weeks away? A month away? So it's the last weekend of Six May. Six weeks. Six weeks. I'd be more willing to bet whether he plays in the Masters at this point because of injury. Is he, play, is he playing He's this ready. weekend? It's Tiger. He's never played. He'll play Bay Hill. And then, no. So what I'm talking—you just lost another dollar, my friend. We won't know for six weeks. (laughs) You know, Steve Williams is going to be pissed. (laughs) Steve Williams isn't even his caddy. But he was. Isn't he Adam Scott's caddy? (laughs) You remember that on sixteen when that ball was oscillating? Yep. And everybody was standing there, and it was like Tiger gave like the big old. (laughs) (laughs) He like punched the sun. All right. So, that was amazing so golf. What what do we need to do is we need to double, triple, or quadruple our, our, our downloads. Like everything else in life. But how what I want to discuss with the, you, how do we do that? If we make the podcast better, we will get as many sponsors that we would ever need. Okay, but to attract sponsors, we need to have more downloads. Exactly. How do we get more downloads? We do a better podcast. Okay. How do we do a better podcast? We gotta, we gotta hit the wings. Okay. We gotta hit cycling. Okay. We gotta hit Atlanta United. Okay. We gotta become. But that's only Atlanta United's only six months of the year. Cycling's only seven months of the year. That's fine. Well, the good thing is we're coming into those. We have to become the weird place where you come if you want to hear the actual truth about cycling about Atlanta United about we have to become the alternative well the the here's here's i believe that about cycling 
we we do speak the truth about that. Yes. Or we're honest about that and we're sincere about how well, we we're feel gonna about that. We're going to be honest sport. about Atlanta United. But it's harder to be honest about a team that we're both fans of. No, it's not. We're both so objective. Okay. We can cuss each other out during a shift. Yes. And be perfectly okay with it because I totally deserved it. I'm glad you admitted that finally. <laughs> I've got it on. I've got it recorded here too. Well, I okay. mean, that's you no, know, I've so, never, I've never been, I've never been like totally against. Like, I'm just doing the best I can. I mean, no, no. that's how life. Is. I'm not. I'm not saying you're not. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, how do we get this? Do Do we need to make this a business? Like, do we need to like actually get a like a business license and and make like. Do we sure incorporate it? We could. I mean, how much does that gonna cost us? Like fifty bucks? When I did track club, it was like $130. What if we get a nausea to do it? <laughs> <laughs> it might be ten bucks. There you go. He might no, be so upset. The, like so these are the thoughts that are going through my head at this point. Like, no, I agree. Do do we, you know, because like t-shirts won't be cheap and we probably have to order like a minimum of like a hundred. No. But we give them out at we give them out at like the velodrome. When we're down at the DLV no. for the next event, like do well, the cool part, the cool part of everything we've talked about, and this is what I've been trying to drive home, is this, this is actually just an extension of what we've always been doing. Yes. Track club wise, um, uh, expanded brand wise, mm-hmm. it, this is just an extension of what we do as human beings. Mm-hmm. Because all I, all I want to do as a human being is help John Kroom achieve his goals. Right. Or help you sell more flyers. Well, this thing doesn't help me sell anything. <laughs> no, but, but, no, but that's like, always been to, my to, goal is to, to me, is to give. Well, to me, anyone that we know that knows us together. Yes. Knows how much fun it is to be around <laughs> the two of us together. We should charge and, entry. <laughs> so it's funny you say that. So I have one of my bu- my buddies is coming down in a couple of weeks. Jimmy up in New York. He's coming down to see the baby, and he's like, "Hey, I saw you got that podcast. How much do you charge for that?" I'm like, "Nothing." <laughs> He goes, you should charge for it. I go, have you listened to it? He goes, no. I go, then how would you know? He goes. Oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, we'll listen to it. Download it. You know? Just just hang out with one. Do you, do you know? Okay, so we've we've eclipsed 900 downloads. <laughs> We're at wow. 901. Yes. Um, do you know what our most downloaded episode is? No. I think it's episode one. It's like 46. Is it? Yeah. Um, some of the, I think there was something later, like, I think actually one of the Tour de France podcasts, there might've been one in, might've hit higher. There, there was the most downloads we have in an episode is either 46 or 60. Yeah. And I think it's actually one of the Tour de France ones. Maybe I have to go back and look again. I looked last week. Stooges. (laughs) Stooges is coming. We're going to get an intern for that <laughs> to run the board. Yes. And, and you're the host. I'm <laughs> buying seven t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> the only other thing I wanted to bring up was the NHL trade, trade deadline was Monday. Very interesting to see 
all the good teams getting a lot better with well on paper getting better through the trades. They don't. Well, they were tra- th- those guys were trading for high- they were making moves to catch up with Tampa Bay even though Tampa Bay made an awesome move and got better on paper. Um but well they found the right dance partner and there's nothing right. wrong with that. Well, you have all the bad teams getting unloading salaries and you have all the good teams picking up those salaries. It was kind of an odd situation Does to watch. Does Tampa Bay win the Stanley Cup? If they get there, they do. Wow. If they get there, they do. All right. They've got to get through Boston. They've got to get through Pittsburgh or Washington or Columbus or... So we do our podcast. Toronto. We do We do our podcast in Harbor Island. Where's Harbor Island? Is that Michigan? Tampa? Is that outside of Tampa? Okay, it's outside of Tampa. I don't Davis know. Island. Okay. <laughs> Or we can go. We can go somewhere. We can go to uh, Clearwater Beach if you want. We can go to Tampa. I like Tampa. Well, you didn't know where it was. I know. I don't know the suburbs of Tampa, but I know where Tampa <laughs> is. I know every. I know hey, every building I pissed off of when I was in go college. To, let's go to East Amherst and do a podcast. Where the fuck is that? Massachusetts. Wrong. It's in Buffalo. Is it? <laughs> That's where I'm from. Amherst? East Amherst. East Amherst, not Amherst. Oh, because Amherst is where... Amherst is in Massachusetts, Amherst is in Buffalo as well. My sister's husband. Brother's dog. Went to college. At Amherst in Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. That's why. Okay. Um, So you saw all the bad teams like Buffalo trading salary way, Ottawa trading salary way, and all these... Bigger teams. Ottawa didn't up. trade all the salary. Away. They kept Eric Carlson, which I was shocked at. They couldn't mm-hmm. find a deal for him. Mm-hmm. But they're going to just move him at the draft. Well, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, we're about 15 games away from the playoffs. It's not locked the in yet. The season's almost going to start. The, se- the season started. Who's Tampa Bay going to play? Tampa Bay is going to play the worst team out of the Metropolitan, which will either Golden be- Knights lose in the first round. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. You know why? It's their GM. Yes. McPhee. He was the old Washington, and he <laughs> never got out of the second round with Washington. Golden Knights lose in the first I round. Would not, that would not surprise me. No, it wouldn't surprise you'll me. You'll see. What a, what, you'll see a number one seed, and right now they're a number one seed. We'll lose in the first round without a doubt. Oh, it happens almost Tampa. every other year. It's not going to be Tampa. I don't think it's going to be Tampa. I think, <laughs> I think you're going to see Tampa and Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference Finals, or you're going to see Tampa and Washington. And Washington's a stretch because they've never made it out of the second round, ever. Ever. And they're going to have to play Pittsburgh in the first or the second round. Damn. Yep. Um, so it should be it should be interesting. All right, well, that does it for episode 31. You got an extra long episode of Barman and Bevo this week. <laughs> it's just clocking in under two hours. Um, hey, make sure you go follow John Kroom, his um, – his vlog is on YouTube. You can just look for John Kroom. You can he he mentioned all of his um, his uh, social media. It was John Kroom Cyclist on Facebook. I believe it was John C Kroom on Instagram. I know he's on Twitter. I followed him today. Um, I want to say it's John Kroom eleven or John C eleven. I can't remember what it was. Um, follow us. Uh, download our episodes. Podbean, iTunes. Google Play. We're on all three of those platforms. Um, if you have the, one of those apps, you can listen to our podcast there. Um, like us, rate us, 
on those on those platforms that would be great. You can you can watch the live um, the live episode on on YouTube. Hopefully, it's still recording. Uh, I have no <laughs> well, idea. We only went fifty three minutes the first time we did it. Um, well, this one's two hours. God knows if it's if it recorded all that. Um, we didn't start it for twenty minutes after. No, it, it was five. You missed the first five <laughs> minutes. So, um, but we're on YouTube. I'll tweet out the link to that uh, for the YouTube channel. I believe it's just my YouTube channel, Michael Vander on YouTube. Uh, all right, Twitter at underscore Coach Barman at Bevo eight seven seven one at Barman and Bevo podcast on YouTube on Twitter on Facebook. Mike Vandura, Mike Michael Barman. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. <laughs> I always love throwing that one in every once in a while. We're both on LinkedIn. You really, you really wish me a birthday on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't text it anyway. You did it on LinkedIn. That was funny. Well, it was the first thing that popped up. <laughs> um, Facebook, Barman and Bevo podcast. Uh, I don't believe we have an Instagram page. I don't believe we have a Snapchat page. We'll get uh, – if we can get Ethan on the podcast as our intern, we'll get him on top of those things. Um, what else? What kind of Snapchat pictures can we I don't, I don't know what Snapchat even is. I don't know what it does. <laughs> What's these weird pictures that disappear? By the way, second, and, period, second period, seven to three. <laughs> in the Snapchat thing, like you can't take like a Photoshop. I've never looked at or Snapchat. It's not Photoshop. I have no idea like, how it works. What, a screenshot. You can't take a screenshot without the other person knowing you took it. Uh, who cares? <laughs> I care less <laughs> about Snapchat. Um, all right. So that does it for episode 31. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Your schedule's kind of busy. Oh, where are you going to be tomorrow? Oh, Might as well plug that event. We forgot to plug that uh, event. Tour of Southern Highlands. Okay. I'll be hanging out or uh, working um, there. Uh, women start at seven and men start at 8 15 where is there which canton woodstock where are you yeah going to? i thought i said woodstock you just said you're gonna be at the tour of southern highlands that's it oh in woodstock okay. georgia sorry and you'll be refereeing judging who knows drinking watching <laughs> viewing if they don't give me a good job i can quit anytime <laughs> uh anything else coming up you want to plug for the george tech cycling or cycle cross well, or yeah but george Dickling tech Belgium? cycling has our tucker criterium When's that? March 11th. Okay. We should probably sit on the patio and do a live. Where's that at? In Tucker? Yeah. Can we sit at the, go to the Wild Wing? Or the JR Crickets out there? No. (laughs) There's a super cool restaurant they spent. Can't we go to the JR Crickets? They spent like, they spent at least like a million dollars on, we'll go there. We'll go on the patio. We'll do a podcast. Okay. Sounds good. I'm in. Cool. All right. Anything else? You need to plug? How's Violet doing? She's got a little rash on her face, but other than that, she's great. We've got to go to the doctor on Monday. How much hair does she have still? A ton. <laughs> Full head of black hair. More hair than I've ever seen on a baby. It's unreal. It's unreal. So. You go, Violet. All right. All right, so that does it for episode 31. Uh, we'll be back probably next Friday with a new episode. Um, I'll get this posted tomorrow ne- afternoon. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. 90s. Why are we going to do next? Are you, are you Tucker, right? Oh, that's when we're going to record. Yeah. We're going to do that episode. Okay. Yeah, we'll try to do it Sunday. Okay, that works with the George Tech race. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. Then you bring Jess and the baby or whatever works. Sounds great. Yes, okay, sir. thanks for listening. We'll see you next Sunday. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. 
Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Yeah in the hills Someday the mountain Might get them But the law never will Making their way The only way they know how Don't understand, they keep us showing my hands and not my face on TV. Uh -huh. 